Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Hi! My name's Daniel Trainer. Welcome to Same Team, which is usually an LGBTQ sports podcast, but now for the second episode in a row, we're we're throwing things out the window. We're doing it live. How's it going? As you can maybe tell by my voice, uh, I am sick. I'm coming out of it, though, which is lovely and beautiful, but it helps to explain why we're sort of at this precipice with the same team podcast at the moment, one that I think is kind of exciting and I hope is, I don't know, it's fun for me. I don't know if anybody's getting any pleasure out of listening to this, but here's what's going on. So, Last episode, which came out two weeks ago, was a year-in-review episode that I did with my friend Xander, which was very fun. We talked about movies and music and TV and video games and pop culture and sort of reflected on 2019, look forward to 2020. It was an out-of-the-box thing for this podcast, which uh, if you listen regularly, thank you, you know this, but if you don't, uh, this podcast usually features an interview with an LGBTQ athlete or journalist or somebody prominent in the community so that was that was sort of a veer into left field last episode and this one is going to be much in the same due to the fact that I've been sick so I up until yesterday I didn't think I was going to be putting an episode out today because for the past what is it so I'm recording this on Tuesday night so this comes this will come out tomorrow on January 8th this is January 7th as I sit here alone recording in my apartment, uh, finally feeling better. I sound worse than I feel, which is always an annoying thing because everybody loves to tell you how bad you sound uh, when <laughs> when you're coming out of an illness and you're actually in public. But you're like, no, no, no I'm, I'm fine. I feel great. This is the best I've felt in 10 days. And it truly is, unfortunately. But I, I, I was in Michigan for... Uh, about a week, over a week, over the holidays, and got sick. I got the flu, and then it transformed into a cold, and then it was kind of both, and I don't know where it is now, but I, I feel like it's almost over. Thank you to a lot of medication and uh, prayer. So I, I'm feeling better, but I, I was concerned about getting an episode out this week because I just have had no time to plan. I, I didn't book anybody. I've been bedridden I've been disgusting and I I just thought oh man I don't I'll probably just put out an old episode and then I woke up today feeling okay ish and I thought all right well what can I do because I would like to put out an episode and and talk to people and uh I I I went through a few ideas and and the idea that I kind of liked the most was just throwing out a a Q&A idea so this morning on my Twitter account at Dan Trainer One, if you are into me yelling about hockey and wrestling, and the occasional Housewives and 90 Day Fiance and the awards and Michigan State and Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, I tweeted out a call for questions from people that follow me. Which not many people follow me. I like to get those numbers up. Uh, but I, I, I asked for questions uh, on Twitter and then via email, and I got some really fun stuff. And I thought, you know, why not? Who, who am I to do a Q&A, you're asking? Uh, and that's a, that's a great first question for this Q&A. And my answer to that is uh, no one. I shouldn't be doing this. Makes no sense. I realize it's a little pretentious. But I, uh, here, what do you want me to do? 
Okay, so here we are. It's the it's the first ever, maybe last ever, same team Q and A. All right, I got some fun stuff. I, I parsed through. I picked out like I don't know, maybe ten of these. We'll see how many we get to, and and hopefully we'll have some fun. I think I I appreciate everybody who sent in a question. They are very diverse. That's another thing. I called for questions from sports. Uh, which obviously I, I talk about on this podcast all the time. Wrestling, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. If you don't listen to the show or, or weren't aware of that. Pop culture, I love pop culture. We're going to get into some of that. That's become more of a feature on this podcast lately, which has been nice and, and maybe will be more of one moving forward. But um, I, I thought we should start with this. I, It's a sports question. It was the first question I got. Uh, it was from Travis on Twitter. So let's just get into it. This is this is just how it's going to go. Let's see how things go. Travis on Twitter. Hi, Travis. Asks, of the NHL teams currently not in a playoff spot, which team do you think has the best chance to both make the playoffs and win a playoff series? Now, first of all, excellent question. Love it. Uh, and obviously the answer is the Detroit Red Wings. Who will make... No. Um, it's a great question. I, I'm going to go based on the standings as they are right now. On, on Tuesday night, I'm looking at them. It's been a wild NHL season. Uh, again, if, if you haven't listened to this podcast regularly, I, I'm a big hockey fan and, and like to talk hockey whenever I can. So... Uh, briefly, looking at the standings here, things have kind of straightened out a little bit in, in the sense that Tampa has been winning a bunch, Toronto's been winning a bunch, Vegas has been playing better. I mean, those were three teams who at the beginning of the season were surefire playoff teams and uh, at, at various points throughout this season have been outside looking in and they are now they were now all in and, and those would have been obvious picks a couple of weeks ago. But as we're looking at it now, I think there are three teams to consider, uh, and, and I think everybody else can frankly buzz off. The two teams in the Eastern Conference that I think you have to consider are the Florida Panthers, and I think the Buffalo Sabres. I think the Sabres, to a lesser extent, I don't really think the Sabres have it together to make the playoffs and certainly probably not win a playoff series, but I think it's worth bringing them up because they they can be so enigmatic and so exciting and certainly were at the start of the season and it hasn't lasted for them. But uh, I, I want to bring up Buffalo because I, I wouldn't be sh- shocked if they were to go on a great sort of second half tear here and maybe pull something off in the spring. But I like the Florida Panthers. They have goaltending. They're, they're young. They're exciting. They have great coaching I think they're they're knocking on the door of the playoffs and I think if they get in they could be a super tough out for somebody so uh, if we're going to pick a team from the east it's going to be Florida but my answer to this question Travis uh, is a team that is in turmoil right now hence being on the outside of the playoffs and hence just firing their coach so maybe a risky choice but maybe it makes sense that uh, you know they're taking the preventative steps the Nashville Predators are my answer to this question. Uh, I think most people would probably have that same answer, so I'm not sure that it's the most exciting, but Nashville has so much talent. Currently sitting outside of the playoffs, uh, if they get in, they can do damage, and they have before. So uh, they just fired Peter Laviolette, their coach, after losing, what, just four games in a row? They just fire their coach. I wish some other teams in the league could learn something from that. 
Peter Laviolette gone. John Hines is coming in now, the former Devils coach, to, uh, to Nashville to coach the Predators. I think that's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I, I look for Nashville to, to rebound quite easily and I think make the playoffs and certainly have a great chance at winning a round in the spring. So that's my answer. Thank you for the question, Travis. All right, I'm looking on Twitter now. Uh, the next question I want... Okay, so uh, I'm going to answer two at once because they, they fall into the same category. And, and this, again, is going to be taking a, a severe turn. We are going from the NHL to the world of reality television and more specifically the world of Bravo, a world that I love and adore. But this first question is interesting. So Randy on Twitter asked me, have you watched Below Deck yet? No. The answer is no. Let me give you some background on this. I love Bravo. I love reality TV. The Real Housewives are my religion. This will play into the next question that I'll get to in just a second. I love Bravo, but my Bravo fanaticism has really become exclusively Housewives in the uh, last number of years because frankly, Randy, there just isn't enough time. And I say that as somebody who watches a lot of TV and watches a lot of movies, uh, there just isn't time for Below Deck. And that is something that I can say. I've put my foot down and I feel okay with that. I don't need to watch everything. I don't need to because they're I get enough out of the Housewives. I used to watch everything on Bravo. I would watch Flipping Out. I would watch... I still watch Top Chef. But I would watch Flipping Out. I would watch a Million Dollar Listing. I would watch anything. Any new Bravo show, give it to me, baby. I'll watch it. I'm not watching Below Deck because I know that I would love it. I would turn that on and not be able to turn it off. There are so many seasons. It is on my alley. I know it's what I should be watching. So many people tell me to watch Below Deck. It's not happening. Okay? I don't like boats. I don't like boats. And that's what it comes down to. Melissa asked me, can the... Oh, okay, this is... I need to take a breath for this. I'm also having a glass of wine as I'm recording this. I'm hoping you are as well, unless it's the middle of the day. Um, but even then, who cares? Uh, can the OC Housewives survive without Vicky, even though she, quote, created this show 15 years ago? Melissa, this is an excellent question. A question I thank you for so very much. Some background for people who don't know, and if you don't, <laughs> I feel really bad for you. Vicky Gunvalson is the OG of the OC. The Real Housewives of Orange County was the first Real Housewives franchise. Vicky Gunvalson has been on the show since day one, and she will be the first to tell you that. Uh, she is... She is everything mixed into one. She is a terrible person who I would take a bullet for. Okay? She is, <laughs> she, she knows more about finance than she does anything, including her own children, okay? Uh, she's a monster, and I love her. Vicki Gunvalson this season on The Real Housewives of Orange County was, re was reduced to a friend of the show. For those of you who don't know what that means, again, I pity you. She was not holding an orange in the opening credits, okay? This is a huge deal in my world. This is mayhem. 
Buki took it out on the cast. At the reunion, she was very unhappy about not being out there on the couch to start the show because, as she repeatedly said, I created the show, I made the show, there is no show without me. Now, to answer Melissa's question, does the show survive without her? I think the answer is yes. Because I think these Housewives franchises, and I think Jersey has been, although Jersey's been great lately, Jersey had some bad, bad seasons uh, a number of years ago. I think these franchises are very difficult to kill. And I think taking away Vicky, I mean, Vicky was in what? Half of the episodes this season? And when she was in them, <laughs> just electric. She jumps off the screen. She is made to be a friend of the show. I have I never loved Vicky being around more than I did this season because we got just little, little bits of her, right? You don't need Victoria Gumbelson all the time. That's too much. She's too much. But when you get little doses of her, man, it's hard to love somebody more. So, uh, I don't know that she is gone. I know that there are some rumors. I saw people were sending me, of course, I mean, a news bulletin, it hits radar online, uh, that uh, perhaps the entire Housewives cast was going to be fired. Listen, do I know that to be true? Did I read the article? Absolutely not. I hope that doesn't happen because there are some great core pieces there. I think Kelly Dodd, most of all. But uh, do I do I think Vicky will be gone? I don't really know if she is gone. Do I think the show survives? Yeah, I I do. Um, I you know uh, my my parents, my family lives down in Orange County. I I have spent a lot of time down in Orange County in my life. I there are other Vickies, and I hate I I gasped just out my oh took a step back when I said that. But there are, and there are, and I hate to say this about Victoria, there are there are younger Vickies who I think we can breed, who we can cultivate, who we can support. And in 15 years, we'll see where we are with new Vicky. But it might be time. It might be time for new Vicky, and I think the show would survive, but Victoria Gumbelson's a real one, and I love her. Thank you, Melissa, for the question. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. What am, where should I go next on here? All right. Why don't we do an email question? Well, this, this is actually, this is a text question. People are just coming at me from all ways. Uh, Marilyn, my friend, my dear friend, Marilyn, who listens to the podcast, who I stayed with when I was in Michigan and got the flu <laughs> and, uh, had to cancel all, all of our new year's plans. Uh, my friend, Marilyn texted me simply, why was Rita Wilson's hair and makeup person, uh, late, and why did she book them in September? Now we get some background on this. Uh, the Golden Globes were two nights ago. Rita Wilson, actress, singer, activist, mother, wife to Tom Hanks. Wife to Tom Hanks? Wife of Tom Hanks. His better half, he would probably say. Uh, was tweeting leading up to the Golden Globes on Sunday that her hair and makeup person was late, an hour and a half late. And then she continued to tweet that she had booked this person since September. Uh, as far as I know, we did not get any update on when said hair and makeup person arrived, uh, nor do we know who they were, nor do we know where Rita buried them. 
Rita showed up looking fantastic, though, I have to say, at the Golden Globes. Her husband gave a wonderful speech. She looked beautiful. Rita Wilson is an icon. And she's an icon of a sort that uh, I think a specific type of person understands, right? She's a she's a Candace Bergen, you know. She's a Mary Steenburgen. She's like, uh, she's a woman you would love to just get drunk and ask everything to, and she would be glad to do so. I love Rita Wilson. Uh, I was happy that, listen, if she did her own hair and makeup on Sunday, she never needs anybody ever again. I, I, I assume that is not what happened. I don't know if somebody was called in. Listen, if she's tweeted since Sunday night and I have not seen it, please call the hotline and let me know. Uh, there is no hotline, of course, but uh, she looked great. Rita Wilson can do no wrong. People were like giving her shit for, oh, uh, in this in this time of all that's going on, how leave her alone. Let Rita Wilson live. Okay? Let Rita Wilson live. Uh a question I'm getting now. Oh boy, from uh let's see. Oh, okay, we're gonna go. This is a good question that I think uh, will lead into something, another question that, that I got on Twitter from uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, Kevin emailed me. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for listening. Getting into wrestling here. What are your hopes for pro wrestling in 2020? Great question. Uh, you know, again, for anybody who maybe doesn't listen to this podcast regularly, I, I love pro wrestling and talk pro wrestling a lot. And I, uh, I hope you don't tune out immediately if you don't love wrestling so I'll, I'll keep this brief if I can but you know wrestling's at a really interesting time right now and I we talk about that a lot on this podcast and I've talked about that on on other podcasts as well which has been really fun you know there is so much going on there is so much wrestling right now between WWE and AEW and NXT and if you don't know what any of that means it's okay just uh I don't know uh, bear with me. These things, these are real things. I'm not just making up number or letters in my head. Uh, it's an exciting time. I I hope competitiveness and 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 animosity between brands just breeds good content. You know, I I think that's all we want. You know, it's it's it would be silly if. WWE and AEW fought each other into the ground. And listen, WWE isn't going anywhere. But I hope that both can thrive. Um, I love what NXT is doing right now. My big hope for NXT in 2020 is that it just continues to get not even bigger. I, I think where it is right now is perfect. But if it can get any better, that would be great. I just wanted to keep doing what it's doing right now. I, I love watching it every week and the stories they're telling the stuff they're doing in the ring is just remarkable so I hope that that uh stays the course I love NXT so much right now I'm excited about the fact that I think I'm going to Wrestlemania this year uh which will be really exciting the first time I've ever traveled to a Wrestlemania it's in Tampa this year first weekend in April if anybody who listens to this is going uh let me know I, I would love to meet up with you and maybe at uh Effie show Effie who was on this podcast a number of months ago is having a big gay brunch 
the weekend of WrestleMania that's going to be all LGBTQ talent. I can't wait to go to that down in Tampa the Saturday before Mania. So that's really what I want. I I, I want more diversity in wrestling. Listen, there's uh, I haven't even addressed what's going on in WWE right now with this sort of bisexual storyline with Liv Morgan and Lana. That's that's for that's for another show, maybe somebody else's show. I can talk about that, but uh I just hope wrestling gets more diverse, continues to get more diverse. Things are happening, uh, and, and quickly, too. It seems like Jake Atlas, who was on this podcast uh, in sort of its early earlier days, has signed with WWE, and, and hopefully he can make a name for himself there by the end of 2020. I think that would be amazing. I just want more diversity in wrestling. I think that's what it is, and I hope the community can continue to support and cultivate that because the pro wrestling community is is progressive and is very cool and I think there's there's so much room to grow and I hope uh, big companies sort of learn to listen to audiences when I mean, maybe they aren't happy with where things are but I I think it's a very exciting time and yeah diversity is what I want I want more queer talent I want the women to keep doing great stuff. Uh, yeah, here's here's to diversity in wrestling in 2020. And building on this wrestling question, uh, Brian, my friend Brian, who hosts uh, LGBT in the Ring, the uh, wrestling podcast on this Outsports Network that uh, I am lucky enough to guest on sometimes and will probably guest on after the Royal Rumble later this month, asked me very simply, uh, Jay White's beard. Now, that's it. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jay White is a pro wrestler, Currently wrestling in Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling just had a big show. uh, Wrestle Kingdom over the weekend. uh, And Jay White has a beard. That has really been controversial in many ways. I mean, I, I do love to see facial hair brought to the forefront like this i think it's i think it's progressive for us to be talking about it in this way brian i it's great i love it i think it's great i'm a big supporter of facial hair it's weird it looks it's strange i've never quite seen a beard like it it has a personality of its own like it almost feels like it could talk to you like it's definitely seen some stuff but i think it's i like it i think it's good i support i support uh jay's beard and i i I support more facial hair in wrestling honestly is that weird Jay White Spirit. Yeah. Thumbs up. Uh, let's see. Let's go. I want to do a couple more. This one, this one will be good because of the fact that uh, I'm sitting here Tuesday. So I got an email from Ryan. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Ryan. Uh, his question, what are your Oscar predictions? Now, this is up opening up a can of worms that I don't think Ryan nor anybody wants to open because I could talk about this for literally ever. So we're sitting here Tuesday. Oscar nominations come out on Monday, so six days from now. The Golden Globes were on Sunday. The Screen Actors Guild Awards coming up in less than a couple weeks. The BAFTA film nominations came out today. I am, I'm awards obsessed. I will watch any award show. I've been obsessed with them since I was a little kid. I've talked about them on this podcast before. I love prognosticating award stuff and I follow awards season. And when I say award season, that, that pretty much just means movies, but I, I, I follow, I mean, I follow everything. Awards season, I think, is as sort of as a moniker now means movies in the lead up to the Oscars sort of being the Super Bowl. Um, so I follow it really intently. I, I see all the movies. I love to predict. I follow prediction stuff 
all year. And so we're really in crunch time now where it's time to make your predictions. And I will do so right now. I, I will do it for the five main categories. Well, no, I'm sorry. that That's not true. I'll do it for picture and I'll do the acting categories because I think those are the ones that people who maybe aren't as nerdy about this stuff uh, have an interest in and, and know stuff about it. I'll leave director and the screenplay categories and everything else uh, on the floor. If you'd like to know my predictions for those, please just uh, hit me up. Dan Trainer one on Twitter again, trying to get those numbers up. Uh... <laughs> I'm just sitting here laughing at myself. Uh, okay, so here it is. We're going to do... Let's start with supporting actress, okay? So, again, these are my Oscar predictions. 2020. Nominations come out Monday. Here they are. Write these down. Because this is like my my only official uh, way of, of of putting this into, into the public consciousness, I guess. Uh, these are going to be your five nominees for Best Supporting Actress. Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers, Margot Robbie, Bombshell, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh, Little Women. Okay? Those are the five. I think of these five, I'm sorry, of the four acting categories, that's the one I feel the best about. I think four of those five are almost assuredly happening. Uh, I feel pretty good about those five. So we're going to leave it at that. Best Supporting Actor. Feeling. Speaking of things I feel good about. Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Joe Pesci, The Irishman. Al Pacino, The Irishman. Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And then it gets a little bit dicey. I think those four are almost assuredly in. My fifth pick for Best Supporting Actor is going to be Song Kang Ho from Parasite. Okay. My sixth would be Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. But I think that a Parasite actor is going to get in, and I think it's going to be him. He played the dad, the 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 poorer dad. If you have, Again, if you haven't seen Parasite, go see Parasite. Um, I think Song Kang-ho is, is a great pick. He's fantastic in the movie, and I just feel like there's so much energy and excitement and passion about that movie that it would be a shame, first of all, if nobody from the wonderful acting ensemble got in, and I think he's the one that has the best chance and the most momentum, so we're going to go him. Those are the five for Best Supporting Actor. Best Actress, Renee Zellweger, Judy, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, Lupita Nyong'o, Us, and Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Tough category. I feel decently about this. I think Cynthia Erivo for Harriet has a good chance. Uh, but I like this vibe. I hope Lupita gets in because I think that she was so great in Us and it would be a really fun nomination. So those are my five for Best Actress. Best Actor. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Edgerton, Rocket Man. And this is my fifth pick here is probably the biggest no guts, no glory pick of these four categories because this fifth slot in actor could go to, to quite literally four or five or six actors. 
My no guts, no glory pick for the fifth spot and best actor in 2020 is Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. I feel like he has a great shot. This movie has really come on late. People love it. Well, a lot of people don't love it, but people who love it, love it. The box office has been great, which has been really fun to see. And I just have the sneaky suspicion that he's going to get in there. The other names in consideration would be Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Jonathan Price for The Two Popes, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite is My Name. I'm going Sandler. That's that's my that's my big pick for uh, for the fifth spot. Uh, and then your best picture nominees, it feels pretty straightforward. I mean, the way that they do it now with the Academy, uh, you know, it, it can be up to 10 nominations. It's almost impossible for it to be 10. It typically falls into the the seven or eight range, if, if I'm correct. I'm picking eight right now. I think your best picture nominees on Monday will be 1917, just won the globe, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, which is, uh, please God, haven't seen it, but please God, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And I was having a conversation with somebody today about what I think is going to win Best Picture. I think Best Picture is going to be Parasite. I really do. It's my favorite movie of the year. It just feels like it's going to happen. I think that there are four or five movies right now that are in a contention that could do it. Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917. To a lesser extent, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, maybe Joker. And this plays into a question I want to answer quickly next. Uh, but I just think it's going to be Parasite, which would be wild. There's still such a long way to go, obviously, but man, Parasite will be such a cool Best Picture winner, and I hope that that happens. A question that I don't want to ignore is from Allison on Twitter. Allison, hi, Allison. Thank you for listening. Allison, I think calling me out, really, which I appreciate. I, I like when people call me out. There's certainly uh, plenty of opportunity. Um, how can you recommend Marriage Story but hate on Joker? Now, I'm not quite sure I... Under, certainly understand the entire question. I'm not sure if Allison did not like Marriage Story. If you don't, that's fine. I loved Marriage Story. I thought it was great. Um, how can you hate on Joker? Yes. One of my favorite things to do is hate on Joker. Have I seen Joker? No. So, um, yeah. I will say, I, 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 I tried to go watch it over the weekend when I was sick. I tried to like rent it on TV, and it was $20. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> That's happening. I mean, maybe I see it for a $4.99? $20 out of the question. Here's the thing with Joker. Listen, I, there's been enough discourse about Joker. Joker is a movie I will see before the Oscars, I promise. Joaquin is probably winning Best Actor. That's fine. I think he's an incredible actor. Joker is not for me. I don't love Todd Phillips as a director, the guy who <laughs> directed it. Uh, he seems like a dweeb, okay? Seems like a real dweeb. Seems like a movie that was made for, listen, these just these cucky little men, right? <laughs> who love the clown boy because he represents them and they're so angry at the world. 
listen, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Is it fair for me to criticize a movie I haven't seen? Absolutely it is. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book from last year. I hate both of those movies. Haven't seen a second of them. Never will. Okay, but I hate them. And I hate Joker. But I will see Joker, and I will try going in with an open mind. Can't promise I'll like it. Probably won't. But you never know. Uh, and also, Allison, you didn't like Marriage Story? Beautiful movie. Adam Driver. What a guy. All right. My final question. Are you sick? Is anybody listening to this? Uh, okay. This comes from uh, Caleb. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Caleb. A beautiful way to end this. I think his question, what is your biggest hope for the LGBTQ sports world in 2020? It's a big question. It's a tough question. But I think the best way I can answer it is this. I, there are big things that we can hope for, right? We can hope for, uh, an athlete in one of the big four sports to come out. That would be great. Obviously that feels like it would be weird to hope for. Um, I I just want the feeling of inclusion and of diversity and of progress to continue because since I started this podcast, you know, a while ago, uh, I'm old. I don't remember how long ago it was, but, uh, so much has happened and so much has changed and it is, yes, all because of me. Uh, no, uh, I am so excited about where things are going and I'm such a fan of so many people younger than me who are doing great stuff. You know, it's, it, I think it speaks to the community that we've been able to cultivate as LGBTQ people in sports. It feels so cozy and warm and nice and supportive. And I think that that just needs to continue. I mean, I think one thing that I can point to, and uh, I'm excited about this because I think I'm going to be talking about this maybe on my next episode, you know, pride nights at games and and pride nights that professional sports teams and organizations are doing, I think are so incredible. And I've talked about them a lot on this podcast. And there are people who will say, though, that's fine, but that's nowhere near enough. And I, I agree. Uh, I, I think having a pride night to sell some hats or sell some shirts or to make some people happy is fine, but it's, it's not, it's not some sort of band-aid for like everything that's going on. But with that being said, I thought the New Jersey Devils last week hosted an exceptional pride night with forums and speakers and education, and they did so much stuff. And just to see that represented across all of their social media platforms, I thought was really impactful and really powerful and something that, you know, again, had I seen as a kid growing up, had, you know, any number of kids seen growing up, it truly would have impacted and affected their lives in such a positive way. So I commend the Devils for everything, for everything that they did. And uh, and Joe, the guy who was uh, essentially in charge of, uh, of the entire thing, I think will be coming on the podcast uh, either later this week or next. And I'm excited to talk to him about what that experience was like, but I want to see more of that. I want to see more of these teams and organizations and schools taking ownership of their audience and, and understanding that 
us as a community, the LGBTQ community, uh, refuses to not be heard. Um, and these nights are important. And it's not just about, like I said, selling a hat. It's really about saying you are welcome here. You matter. You are a part of this team, of this school, of this community. And I think that the more that we can do in in that world is is hugely impactful and i think that all of us uh you know whatever we can do to make sure that our favorite teams and our favorite athletes and our favorite places are doing everything that they can pushing people to be inclusive and to be progressive is i think very important so congratulations and and thank you to everybody who's doing that and congratulations and thank you to you for making it to the end of this podcast i don't know anything that i have said I do know that I predicted Parasite to win Best Picture. Um, I stand by that. Okay. It will. And please, if my Oscar predictions suck, please do not let me know. I've been sick. Okay. You need to be nice to me. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. I've, I've had a blast. I don't know if you have or not, but, uh, but thank you everybody who sent in questions. I didn't get to all of them. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll do this again at some point. It was fun. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being uh, adaptable and, and patient with me as, as I've been sick and, uh, you know, things are a bit up in the air. But we will be back to our regularly scheduled same team programming in a couple weeks. But until then, listen to all the, uh, all the other podcasts on this network. I'm on them sometimes. And when I'm not, they're even better. So take a listen. Until then, thank you very, very much. Happy New Year, by the way. Cool stuff. And, uh, and exciting things ahead in 2020 for, for all of us, I can tell. Thanks for listening. Daniel Trainer, same team, signing off. I'm going to go have some more emergency. Bye.